Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, March 30th, 2018. More importantly, this is Good Friday, or the Friday before Easter. This is Good News Day, and if there's good news out there, I will find it today. First, though, we have to talk and wonder about the skirpals. Who poisoned them? Were they actually poisoned? It's hard to be sure in our world because no government and virtually no media can be trusted to report the truth. Something that we can be certain of is that on Sunday, March 18th, Vladimir Putin was re-elected as the leader of Russia. That's no surprise at all, because although Russia pretends to have Western-style democracy, there is always only one candidate with any chance to win just before the election. The news about Sergei Skirpal age 66, and his daughter, Yulia Skirpal, age 33, being poisoned. That became front-page news around the world. There are many questions that need to be answered about the Skirpals and many things that make the apparent attack on them seem very odd indeed. I said apparent attack because it's best not to take anything involving government. At face value, the official narrative released to the press and to the people of the world is full of holes and raises more questions than it answers. The first question is why the government of Great Britain thinks that Russia was behind the attack. Britain, through its foreign minister, Boris Johnson, and its prime minister, Theresa May, said it's, quote, highly likely that Russia did it. So if it's highly likely that Russia did it, why won't the British government allow the recovered nerve agent to be examined by Russian scientists and by the Convention for the Prohibition of Chemical Weapons, to which all nations involved are parties. Article 9, Section 2 of that convention reads as follows, quote, without prejudice to the right of any state party to request a challenge inspection, state parties should, whenever possible, First, make every effort to clarify and resolve through exchanges of information and consultations among themselves any matter which may cause doubt about compliance with this convention or which gives rise to concerns about a related matter which may be considered ambiguous. A state party which receives a request from another state party for clarification of any matter which the requesting state party believes causes such a doubt or concern shall provide the requesting state party as soon as possible, but in any case not later than 10 days after the request, with information sufficient to answer the doubt or concern raised, along with an explanation of how the information provided resolves the matter, end quote. That section says to me that when the evidence of an accusation of a breach of the convention is requested, the evidence must be provided within 10 days, Russia and Britain agreed to this convention. It required them to destroy chemical weapon stocks in order to be in compliance. Russia says it has destroyed all chemical weapon stocks under UN and even United States observation. Russia has denied the poisoning, requested the evidence, but no evidence has been forthcoming. Great Britain said to Russia and to the world that these people were on British soil were poisoned with a nerve agent called Novichok, which is made in Russia and nowhere else. It's true that Novichok is a very deadly poison, that it was invented by Russia 
in the 1970s, but that was about 30 years ago. Wouldn't it be very easy for someone else to have acquired it, including those involved in the destruction of the Russian chemical weapon stockpiles? There even seems to be evidence that the Iranians were working on production of it. We have seen that the convention which was set up and agreed to as a method for handling such disputes requires that an accused nation be given the right to examine the evidence, if any exists, against it. Normal legal procedures for resolving disputes should be complied with by all sides before any sanctions are imposed. Instead, the British government simply said, you did it. We know you did it. We're not going to show you or the world our evidence, but you are guilty because we say you are. The British then imposed additional sanctions on Russia, which has already had its economy crippled by sanctions. The United States, citing solidarity with its old ally, followed suit, as did the British Commonwealth nations and the European Union in response. All Russia could publicly do was expel 23 British diplomats and some American diplomats as well. All this maneuvering with sanctions and expelling of diplomats is concerning because they bring the world one step closer to catastrophe. War clouds are once again gathering over the earth, but this time the nations are all nuclear armed. So having said all that, let's try to examine some evidence that we do have. Novichok was invented by the USSR in the 1970s, but Russia says it destroyed all its chemical weapons stocks under supervision, as the convention required it to do. The United States is not yet in compliance with the convention, but says it will be within five years. Labs all over the world, including in Britain, apparently have samples of Novichok available for research and so forth. Each lab has its own signature, so releasing the evidence should help trace its source. That tracing is what Russia has been demanding. The Russian scientist who invented Novichok now lives in the United States. His name is Vil Mirzayanov, and he has written a book called State Secrets in which he says he put the formula for Novichok. He brags about all this on his Facebook page. The original lab producing the nerve agent called Novichok was in Uzbekistan, after the fall of the Soviet Union, according to a New York Times 1999 article, the Uzbekistan government worked closely with the United States in dismantling the site. Perhaps the most interesting question was raised by how the cleanup of the poisoning site itself was handled. There are videos of people in hazmat suits doing the cleanup. Along with them are police officers, clearly visible in the videos, wearing their normal uniforms. Novichok is a very deadly nerve agent poison, but people who live in the vicinity were told to use baby wipes, warm water, and detergent to clean their belongings. The British government announced that there were many people and then amended that to 38 people in the hospital with nerve agent poisoning symptoms. The hospital said none of those people with none of those symptoms were there. Who benefits from the poisoning and its aftermath? In any investigation, isn't that the first question we would ask ourselves? How does Vladimir Putin benefit in any way from this incident, I suppose? It's possible he wanted to send a message to his opponents prior to his election. 
but that one's pretty weak considering his overwhelming support. How do the globalists benefit then? The benefit to globalism is obviously to keep alive the narrative of Russia as the enemy of freedom and decency, Russia. Influence the U.S. elections on behalf of Donald Trump. Russia now seeks to influence the 2018 midterm elections, etc., etc. Those allegations give the globalists a scapegoat. And this poisoning incident continues and magnifies that narrative. Why would the globalists, i.e. those seeking global control over the earth, want to destroy Vladimir Putin and Russia, probably? The answer to that question is because Russia and Putin are not globalists and are opposing the globalist agenda for the world at every turn. Perhaps we should look at who this man, Sergei Skirpal, actually is originally. He was a Cold War spy for the Soviet Union against the Western democracies, primarily Great Britain. He was turned into a double agent and a traitor to his native Russia and eventually discovered and arrested by Russian authorities in 2004 for passing Russian secrets to Britain. He was held in prison in Russia for six years. Putin had him at his disposal inside Russia for six years. In 2010, as part of an exchange program of prisoners, he was exchanged for some Russians that Britain held and allowed to go to Britain with his daughter. He lives in Britain going about his life now for eight years. Then all of a sudden, Vladimir Putin decides to send Russian agents to Britain to poison him and his daughter with an exotic nerve agent easily traced back to Vladimir Putin. That is the story we are expected to believe, folks. The person who recruited Mr. Skirpal as a British agent, Pablo Miller, also happens to live in the same town, Salisbury, as the location of the attack. And he is also acquainted with Christopher Steele, the author of the Trump dossier paid for by the Democrat campaign or by Hillary Clinton herself. Mr. Skirpal maintained his relationship with Mr. Miller over the years, apparently, met with him often. There is a lot of what lawyers would call reasonable doubt in this story, folks. There's certainly enough reasonable doubt to at least hold off on sanctions until more certainty is obvious. But that would not satisfy the globalist forces, I presume. Finally, folks, where's the good news in all this? Well, Easter, that's the good news. It has been for over 2,000 years. At least that's the way I see it, folks. Till next time, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.